The Iconoclastically Bombastic Network welcomes you to the first live broadcast of the debate between the two Carlton brothers, the Great Carlton Debate. Hello, everybody. This is Chase, one of your moderators this evening, and let me see if I have Jesse here, who is our second moderator. Hey there, can you hear me? You are on. All right, awesome. Okay, so just to get this thing kick-started, the format for tonight will be as follows. We'll be asking 10 questions about NBA basketball from past to present. The responding participant will have two minutes to answer the question. The opposing participant will have one minute to offer a rebuttal. After answering the questions, each participant gets a three-minute closing statement. The debate will be judged by an unbiased group of IB Sports basketball contributors, with the winning winner being announced afterwards in that live thread. This NBA debate is between two brothers. The elder is IB Network founder, R.C. Carlton, and of course his younger brother, Corey Carlton. Uh, argument and debate between these two is almost as old as their relationship itself. In fact, their determining and choosing the opposite side of arguments has shaped many of their long-held sports beliefs, like their teams and favorite players, etc. I'm going to give each of these gentlemen a minute to introduce themselves, starting with R.C. R.C., are you on the line? I'm here. Go ahead and give an intro. Those golf teams sound so good. I think got extra salty for us tonight. Uh, I am Ronnie Lee Carlton Jr. You know me as the commissioner of IBS. Some of you love me. Some of you hate me. But I cannot be ignored. Tonight, I will show that I am the superior brother. But what you will see from my brother is a lot of flash, a lot of style. But listen very closely to the details, and you will find Corey stats. Go past the surface, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to dig deep. And I'm going to expose his flash and show substance. Hey, little bro. You done? Corey, are you on the line? I sure am. I was giving him this full minute. I want to follow the rules today. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it my turn? It's your turn. Yeah. Go for it, my man. Go for it. All right, um, y'all know me as Corey. Uh, obviously, many of you follow the actual substance-led threads, not the TMC gossip um, that the founder puts out. Uh, many of you follow the actual substance of threads, specifically basketball. Um, my brother usually doesn't start watching basketball until about April, so not sure really why y'all didn't wait till then to start this. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we'll discuss current, former NBA, really anything you guys want to. Uh, what you'll see here is that I indeed am the superior intellect in e really every fashion and every way. Um, we can really, I'm going to let him dictate this to, to the way it goes, but it's going to be tough for him, man. He doesn't have a website to copy and paste from. There's no Twitter links for him to get all of his ideas from. Um, he can't follow my way, so I'm really going to be uh, kind of peculiar to see where he goes when it actually is him trying to come up with the knowledge. I'm in my car, by the way, so word to Wallace. There'll be no Googles on this side. Sound like you got your iPod, though. Like I said, theatrics, folks. 
It's always got theatrics. All right, so we do, hey, 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 what's the rules? Is it one minute repeat or just open form? What kind of rules are we doing today? You stop talking. It, yeah, he said one minute apiece, so we're going into the debate. Why are you talking? Moderate, the format, the format for the debate is you're going to have a question with one, the first person to respond gets two minutes, and then the other brother gets one minute to rebut what was said in that two minutes. RC is going to get the first question. Are we allowed to talk while the other person's talking? No. Will the moderators mute the other people so that they can actually talk? Or will we can the rules. We get the rules before. You said you didn't it. have any problem. Now you want to talk you about the rules. I, clarif- I can't ask for clarification on the rules. You could have talked with You said whatever rules. And now yeah. you shook and, and you want to talk about rules in the middle of the debate. Now I'm clarification. Now I'm asking for clarification. Do you know what that means? Do you speak English? You could have done it a week before the debate. I didn't know who the hell the judge we, the moderators were. We will <laughs> monitor the situation. If it continues like this, yes, we will mute you while the other person is going. Okay. Just want to have the rules clearly stated before we start. <sighs> You're emotional you already. Right? You got to the first question. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not emotional. I guess not emotional. Emotional. Already, damn! I got to him early. We two minutes <laughs> in the emotion. You, you crashed about the rules that you had the opportunity to participate in. I'm ready for the first question, Chase. Unless Corey has more stuff to complain about. I was asking <laughs> questions. That's what you do for Unless Corey got more stuff to complain about. You told me you didn't care who moderated. You didn't care who asked people, the questions. Man, you do it all, baby. Aren't you more intelligent you than that? All right, Corey's muted. First, Jesse, first why don't you Chase. launch the first now. question with with RC? Jesse, you still there? You little scared white right. girl away. Little hammers. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get into the first question. So, so let's get this thing started. ESPN just released a very controversial top five. I want you guys to give me your top five, starting with RC. All right, first born, first place, so it's, it's pretty clear why I went first. Uh, I'm going to go with Jordan, number one. Obviously, he's the GOAT. I think some of it is due to it's just greatness. If you watch Jordan, some stuff you can't even put into a stat or anything. Just watch the moments that Jordan had. So, obviously, that's most people's GOAT. I got Wilt, number two. The most dominant, probably the best, not the greatest, because I define greatness by how you played and the moments that you took advantage of. Wilt's greatness probably level is probably down a little bit, but his, how good he was, his best was better than anyone's. I got number three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, five MVPs. He played for 20 years, all-time leading scorer. you got to respect that. Number four, I have Magic Johnson, one of the best all-around players ever played, helped save the NBA with himself and Larry Bird. And number five, I've got Oscar Robinson. ESPN had him way too low at 11. We're talking about a man that averaged a triple-double, a man who came into the league. And if you round 9.5 rebounds up, he came into the league with a triple-double while averaging 30 points a game. So I'm respecting Oscar Robertson at number five. All right, Corey? Uh, so it, it's just funny. His narrative is, is that I prefer style and flash, but yet his top five leaves out one of the hardest-working players in the history of the game in Bill Russell. 
Um, so my top four looks the exact same as his. I, I really don't think those are debatable. But for you to leave Bill Russell off of her top five and claim other people are all about style and flash is just really peculiar and sad to me. Oscar Robinson's only time with producing and in the playoffs when it was time to shine came past his prime. His ring came on the back end riding the coattails of Blue Owl Center. So this guy's always talking about how we should only count rings if the dude guy does this and the guy does that. But yet he's talking about Oscar Robinson being the greatest of all time with, with hardware riding someone else's coattails. And I love Oscar Robinson. He's in my top ten as well. Uh, but you're looking at a guy with one ring and one MVP, and we're calling that guy top five. I just can't do it. Um, he did indeed average a triple-double. We also have to look into account that was when the pace of play was a lot quicker, a lot more possessions. We're talking about a difference in 25 possessions a game back then as opposed to now when people get triple-doubles. So I love the triple-double stat as much as the next man, uh, but we also have to count into a pace, pace of play. So when you go about greatness, and we're talking greatness, accomplishments, what did you accomplish? I'm going to turn right. to the man that accomplished five MVPs as well as to go with his hand for the ring. Right. Second question goes to Corey. Moving into today's game specifically, who's the best all-around player in the league? Oh, y'all try to set me up. <laughs> yeah, this is set up. I'm, I'm going to be real, man. If we look into the game's game, the best, not the best player, um, because I think to categorize for the best all-around player, you have to function in all five facets of the game. So um, for you who don't know, I'll break down the fundamental. There are five facets to the game. Um, most of them derive from the triple threat. So you have defense, you have rebounding, you have uh, the ability to pass, the ability to score, and the ability to lead. Those are the five phases of the game. And the person that does all five of those the best when you put them in a complete package is Russell Westbrook. Um, so while I don't think he's the best player in the game, I don't think he deserves to be the MVP. I think that's clearly Steph Curry. Uh, if you're asking who is the most complete player in all of basketball and can do any and everything on the basketball court, I think you have to turn to the guy who has the most triple doubles over the last three years, who most completely um, fills up the stat sheet and does everything on the basketball floor, including play defense. Um, he's an overrated defender, but when it's time to lock in, he does. As you can see against Steph Curry um, over the weekend, he had held that man to one of his worst shooting performances of the entire year. So the most complete player that does everything, you can't find someone that does more on the basketball court uh, than Russell Westbrook does. LeBron would be a close second, um, but I think at this point, we can say that there's things that um, Westbrook does that LeBron doesn't, mainly free throw line, shooting outside of mid, shooting outside of the paint. We're talking about mid-range, um, even a better three-point shooter at this time. Um, so, yeah, we got to go Westbrook. You look who leads the league in the most categories. Westbrook's number uh, six in points, one in steals, four in assists, uh, um. four in guards. He's top three in rebounds. All right. RC rebuttal. Uh, I've got my – I'm just going to use some of my time to hit him up on that. Oscar Robinson's in my top five because we're talking about individuals, not team uh, success. We're talking about individual success, and he was one of the most greatest individual players ever. Bill Russell, if we're talking about a team, he'd be a big cog in the wheel. Now, if we're going with my best all-around player, and people take that different ways, but I'm going to take it as looking at offense and defense. Now, within offense, there's a lot of versatility between – Westbrook and LeBron, but when you look at Kawhi Leonard 
one of the best offensive players in the league, shooting over 40% from threes, averaging over 20 points, having a breakout year, spectacularly efficient. And then you look at him being the single best defense. To me, that's part of all around, too, to be able to do everything within the game. No, he's not the greatest distributor in the world, but he's a, he's a ball hawk. You can put him on any man, and he'll lock him up, and his offense has come leaps and bounds, and he's the man on San Antonio. All right. Question number three is going to be going right back to you, RC. The pace of today's game is picked up. Everybody seems to want to run. Well, we see the classic presenter, classic center position that you and I grew up with. Uh, is that going to be gone? Is that going to disappear in this coming era? No, it's not going anywhere. The rumors of the demise of the center position in the NBA have been greatly exaggerated. We still have Drummond. We have we have DeAndre Jordan. We have guys like that. And that's not the greatest thing ever were, but they dominant guys. Even Cantor for the Thunder, dominant guys. So even Whiteside, well, he's come in and done. So you're always going to see centers, rim protectors especially, guys that can get the boards. Now, will people play through the post? You still have Mark Gasol, sometimes Paul Gasol uh, that plays center. But will the teams go through the post anymore? You're probably seeing that die off uh, more and more slowly. But there always is room for centers because you need rim protectors because what the game is doing, not only are they shooting threes, but they're saying the highest percentage shots are three-pointers and layups. Someone's got to stop the layups. All right, Corey? Uh, so I'm going to answer the actual question. You said uh, the big men as we knew it growing up. So the answer <clears> would be yes, that's dead. Um, there's a new type of big man uh, that the lead is going to. Um, it's kind of the more Rasheed Wallace type, and I believe that's what we'll keep seeing. Teams want to stretch the floor out, so we'll see the more Przingis of the world playing center, guys that can protect the rim and still shoot, starting to see more of them, Miles Turner, uh, guys like that, who can indeed protect the rim and shoot the three. Um, you'll always have the Rudy Gobert, the uh, DeAndre Jordan, the guys that uh, we call them running jumpers. Um, they can run and they can jump. Um, those will always be there. But you said as we know it, um, as we grew up, the Patrick Ewing, the team Olajuwon, yeah, that's, that's not happening. Um, even guys like Jalil Okafor who come in and can do it, we just make fun of them and call them liabilities. There's people that can score in the post right now. Lucas can score. Brooke Lopez can score. Uh, Okafor can score. Those guys will never be on the floor at the end of the games against a good team because you can just put them in pick and roll with Draymond and it's game over. So um, offense just too good. People can just shoot too well. Uh, for big, hulky guys to be on there at the end of the game. So, as we know it, as you asked the question, 100% dead. All right, let's move on to the fourth question. Corey, this is going to stay with you. Comparison of two all-time greats still playing in today's game. Who has a better all-time rank, Tim Duncan or Kobe Bryant? Ha! Um, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty torn on this, uh, to be completely honest with you. Uh, but I personally have to put Kobe Bryant higher than I have to put Tim Duncan. Um, Kobe Bryant, you have to – people are talk about how the fact that Shaq carried Kobe to three of his rings. Um, and that's true for two of those, absolutely. But when you have to go into all-time ranks, people just give Tim Duncan a pass for a lot of things um, that they're not really holding him accountable for. Um, we'll talk over and over about how the Spurs have a dynasty, but we'll never mention the fact that last year they got bounced in the first round. We'll talk about Tim Duncan and how he gets credit 
for every single one of his rings, but we'll never talk about how Tony Parker's been the catalyst for the Spurs uh, from 2006 to 2012. It was Tony Parker's team. The team ran through Tony Parker and Ginobili on the pick and roll. Tim Duncan was definitely still great. He was still there, but it was kind of like KG on the Celtics almost. It's really, really hard. Um, and to give him completely credit as a key guy on those rings. Um, and then when you just look at it, I mean, I just think sometimes you got to look and you got to say, who was a bigger impact on their team and better? Um, and, and there's something to be said for all the continuity that was there with Popovich and the same exact teammates. And if you got to ask me, who's just a better player um, between Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan, I have to go Kobe Bryant. I do think it's very close. I think they're both top ten players. Um, but I would give Kobe Bryant a slight edge especially when you take into account some of the things um, like MVPs. Um, they both have two, uh, but, um, I, well, Tim Duncan has two, Kobe has one, but I think you have to count into Kobe's finals MVPs as well. And just overall, when the games are, at the end of the game, who do you want the ball in the hands with? Who was the best player in the league for longer? I think you have to say Kobe was indeed in this case. So. Um, I would give a slight edge. Time. Slight. RC? Uh, I actually agree, Kobe Bryant, because with Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan could kind of play, and that's what the Spurs have done, they've kind of played whack-a-mole with the NBA championships. They've come up when the league was kind of weak, when the Lakers were in transition, when they got the heat, kind of got out of whack. But Kobe, in the early part of his career, is exaggerated how much Shaq carried him. If you look in the second and third years, Kobe was holding his own, and he's always pretty much been – the go-to guy in the clutch. But how many years can you point to anyone that Tim Duncan was the hands-down best player in the league? There are many years that Kobe Bryant was the hands-down best player in the league. So I have to go with Kobe, and I think just the wherewithal to have a three-peat and a back-to-back and lead a team or be a part of that, I think that's greater. I think Kobe's five is much greater than Duncan's five, which kind of came sporadically and is a, a function of organization and All right, next question is for RC. The 2005 Collective Bargaining Agreement introduced what we know as the one-and-done rule. Do you feel that this rule has helped or hurt professional basketball? Um, It's a mixed bag. I think it's helped professional basketball. It's hurt college. But the question was professional basketball. When guys were coming out of high school, you had your Kobe Bryant. But for every Curly Bryant, you had a Sebastian Telfer, you had a Darius Miles. For every Garnett, you had that kind of person, too. So you were bringing guys into the league that were so immature, 17 and 18 years old. Now, giving them a year of even somewhat professionalism, which college basically is a minor league system, traveling all around the country, dealing with the media, that grooming, and then everyone knows they're going to the NBA, these one-and-done guys, so they have to be on their P's and Q's in order to get drafted or not hurt their draft stop. So at least they're getting some idea of what being a professional basketball player is when they go for that one year as opposed to the NBA going straight to the NBA from high school. So you're getting a slightly more developed person, but the system still needs work. Corey? Uh, I think it's hurt, uh, to be honest with you. It it definitely hasn't increased the product. Uh, The players aren't coming in after one year more ready to contribute than they were in college. Uh, I mean, than they were straight from high school. What the NBA needs to adopt is they need to adopt the same rules uh, that the MLB has. Uh, you can either go 
um, immediately from high school, or you can stay at least two years in college basketball. That is what would perfect the rule. Uh, but if it's one and done, that they go, the idea that they're spending two semesters on campus, because really all you have to do is get by the first semester to become eligible for the second, then never take a class, and somehow grooming them to become this great NBA star because they spent three months on a campus, two months going to class. No, it's not. They're out there and they're partying and they're hooking up with girls. It's treating, learning them to be coddled even more as opposed to getting developed by professionals and having that work ethic one year in, and unless you're going to two or three coaches in the NCAA, it's really not helping. And for every one and done, there's trash one and dones who don't get drafted, and the same thing's happening. So until they push to the rule, I said, might as well have to come from high school, which really hasn't had any difference on the people coming in and the immediate impact that they make. Okay. Sticking with the theme of younger players, Corey, in your opinion, which player under 23 has the most upside? Ooh, great question. Uh, the best, the player under 23 with the most upside, honestly, right now, is Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns can be just as good as he wants to be. We're kind of talking about Tim Duncan right now. Carl Anthony Towns is having one of the best rookie years for big men probably within the last decade. I mean, he's been nothing short of, of amazing, he's not. He, there's nothing on a basketball court that he can't do. He's already an excellent defender. He's already um, top 20 in the entire league and, and per. I mean, to be real, his stats are, are all-star worthy. The guy's averaging 17 and 10 on a bad team, but he's seven feet. He can always stretch the field. He can already run offense through him. He's already uh, a good to borderline elite defender. Um, so I'll go very young, go to the age of 20, and go Carl Anthony Towns definitely has the most upside of anyone under 23 years old. If you look at his per, um, I think I said it's, there was a stat that said he was top 10 um, in rookies for per at, at, of all time. So, I mean, his upside is just out of this world. When you come in as a big man, averaging 17 to 10 for an offense that runs completely through someone else, and you're shooting 55% from the field, I think he's shooting 38% from three and over 80% from the line. Um you, there's no way, and he's going to be an all-defensive player. There's no way you can convince me there's anybody else with that kind of upside that's under 23 years old. Um, so it's Carl Anthony Towns. A guy who I said, by the way, should definitely be the first pick when a bunch of other people were saying Okafor should be. Um, I definitely think you got to go Carl Anthony Towns and um, just build around that man and let him carry you home because he will be an all-star, all-pro, all-defense within the next three years, and it's not even close to debatable. All right. Ronnie, rebuttal? I want to go with Porzingis, and I also just want to say, y'all hear how good Jesse sounds? It's such a great decision oh, to have me in the group, to have me invite Jesse to the group. You know, now, anyway, part of your Porzingis time. is my pick because the, the talent is limitless. What he can do on the offensive end, you can see a Dirk Nowitzki that's a lot more athletic, a guy that can block shots, rebound, step outside and shoot the three. Athletically, he's a freak. The, the things that he – his length, the problems that he poses, even though he's slowing down now, but his potential is limitless. And even with Towns, I think you're, you're getting closer to a finished product. There are things that he can expand on his game, but he's got a pretty complete game. He's just like use more usage. But the thing is, the the limit. Then this, now, I just want you to point out, the guy who's crying about talking across is now laughing. He can't stay consistent to what he was crying about. I'm I didn't say a word. That's not talking, by the way. 
now you are. <laughs> now you are. And it's now time for the moderator to talk, and you're talking. All right. <laughs> Moving right along. Emotional. There you go. I'm not emotional. I'm just telling you the truth. Damn, he handled this L wrong. The, yeah, the hypocrisy of the flashy guy. The guy he didn't even remember what he complained about. He handled this L horribly. Damn. Like Cam Newton out here. <laughs> RC, your brother you're going to get the next question. Let's get into a topic that our whole group, or at least a lot of guys in the group, love. The Lakers. They're one of the NBA's most important franchises. Who is the greatest Laker of all time? I'm going with Magic Johnson. Kareem was not a lifetime Laker. He even got a championship in Milwaukee. Magic Johnson is the living body, body embodiment of Laker Nation. He is Showtime. When he brought Showtime there, it made the Lakers have always been, always been great. But the legacy that you see where they're the premier marquee team that has to be on TV no matter what comes from Magic. All the stars come out to see the game. Magic Johnson, if you look at it, is the reason why Los Angeles hasn't had a football team this long because the Lakers have sustained it. Los Angeles, the second biggest city in America, is a Laker town. And that's because of the Showtime era and the smile of Magic Johnson. Court. <laughs> the, I just wanted to point out the hypocrisy of this guy's statements and what he's talking about. So he'll sit here and he'll say, I'm all about flash and nothing substance. And then he goes on and, and talks about another nickel smile. That, that bothers you so minutes. much, doesn't it? it? You keep talking about, about the flashy another, thing. That really is another, in your head, isn't it? You can't stop talking about it. Can I talk to my time or y'all going to mute him? You talk about another nickel smile for four minutes instead of actually coming out here and talking about the on-court product. But, um, no, I would definitely have to say it's Kareem. Um, that franchise completely changed uh, once Kareem got there. And for all that we're talking about, different different people, we're still talking about four MVPs for Kareem on the Lakers. Um, so you can't – I just don't think you can come out there and say any different. And even Kareem as an old man won a finals MVP for the Lakers. We're still talking about all their championships came uh, via Kareem. And when Kareem went, guess what else left? The rings. No more rings came after Kareem. So um, I, I really think you have to, to understand that he was he, – when you think of Lakers' legacy, you think of the big men. You think of the Shacks. You think of the Wilkes. You think of Kareem. Don't, that's what Lakers are about, getting the big premier big time. Man. And they'll return to glory when that happens again. All right, Corey, next question is coming to you. Just like the NBA has given us some amazing players, most of these players have had some incredible coaches behind them. Who's the better coach all time, Pat Riley or Greg Popovich? I'm sorry, you were breaking up a little bit. You said Pat Riley or Greg Popovich? Correct. Yes. Uh, uh, I'm not sure why this is a question. Uh, this is Greg Popovich. It's not close either. Um, when you talk about establishing a premier organization, you have to talk about Greg Popovich. I know Riley has done it multiple places, but he's also always had the superstars. When I want a coach, I want them to establish a culture. That's the biggest part of coaching is establishing a culture and having accountability. And there is nobody that established a better culture 
than Greg Popovich. So not only do you have a guy establishing a culture, not only do you have a guy with way more rings, not only do you have a guy that also has been a part of, you can even say he's a part of the player picking. The only thing he might could get rally was the, the GM part, but Popovich makes a lot of the personnel decisions as well. And your coach is about putting your players in the best position to succeed. And there's nobody ever that has done it as well as putting his players in a position to succeed as Greg Popovich. So, uh, you can hear about some flash about Pat Riley and how he did it in Miami and L.A., but at the end of the day, when it comes to coaching, the X's and O's, when it comes to putting your players in the best position to uh, succeed, holding everyone accountable, and on the court tangible result with the decade-long 50-win season and no downtime and nobody ever wanted this man fired or running him out of town, Greg Popovich is the only answer to this question. RC? Folks, my brother has inspired a new thing in IBS. You know they have, they have PolitiFact? We're going to have IB fact, and we're going to fact-check you guys when you say things that are not true. Corey said on the other one, he said that they didn't win any Lakers. The Lakers didn't win any championships after Kareem. That's what he said. He also said, before he caught himself 30 seconds later, that Kobe Bryant won two, champ- two MVPs, even though a lot of you nickels in there would like Kobe to have won two MVPs, but he only won one. See? Yeah, I That's already what said. I'm talking about. It's all, and then he said the Lakers need a big man after just trashing the big man and saying it's not going to exist anymore. But the key to the Lakers was getting the traditional big man. But he said the big man didn't exist anymore, and they weren't. But I'm going with Popovich. But I'm just showing you. Get the fact checks out. I don't need Google. Corey evidently needs Google. Go home, plug up your computer, and look up some stuff, son. RC Focus, <laughs> rebuttal. We'll have the judges make note that there may have been some Corey stats. They need to look into it. <laughs> no, nah, we don't need moderators trying to We don't need the moderators There was no Corey stats. They they won one without magic. They won one with magic without Kareem. They won one with magic without Kareem. Yes or no? That's not what you said. You said the Lakers. No, you said the Lakers. You said the Lakers did not win. Did not win without Kareem. You said the Lakers. I said magic Lakers. I said magic Lakers. I never thought my brother would Wallace. You Wallace. Now you say what you meant to say, Wallace. No, I'm telling you exactly what I said. You need a team nickel real quick. All right, we got them muted. We're going to bring them back on a second. Got to pause them a little bit. All right, shifting back to players, let's talk about a couple of great quick scoring performances. RC, which was better, Reggie Miller's eight points in nine seconds against the Knicks or Tracy McGrady's 13 points in 35 seconds against the Spurs? Uh, you talk about our two favorite players. So I'm going to go with Reggie Miller because it happened in a playoff game. They ended up uh, winning that series. And that was one of the catalysts. They couldn't get over the Knicks. And that changed the whole entire series, that game. Stealing a playoff game like that is always going to be more impressive than what Tracy McGrady, the loser that he is, did in the regular season. All right. Corey, rebuttal? Once again, see, and this is why he can't hear. He he can't actually hear what the questions are. So I know he didn't hear what I said on the Lakers game. She actually was more impressive. She said what was better. 13 is better than 8, period, simple, end of the day. So T-Mac, what he did was more impressive 
in that time frame, hitting those shots was better. It was actually better, a harder feat, harder to accomplish. It was better than what Reggie Miller did. What's what I'd rather have on my resume? Reggie Miller, obviously, more important is what happened in a playoff game. Historically more important, Reggie Miller, but what was better? You looking at the TV, what was better? What's harder to do? Absolutely. What Tracy McGrady did was much harder to do. But like I said, Reggie's having a playoff game, so that may be uh, a greater feat, but it's not better for sure. Context is in definitions. All right. Corey, final question. We can't have an NBA debate without mentioning possibly the most debated player there's ever been, LeBron James. Is LeBron currently the best player in the league? And if not, who is? And where do you think LeBron ranks? Uh, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron gave the crown up. Um, LeBron gave the crown up officially, officially, about a month ago when he lost by 30 to the best player in the world and he got his coach fired afterwards. Anybody thinks LeBron is the best player on the planet right now just ain't watching basketball, which I know my brother doesn't watch till April, so he might actually say LeBron. Um, Steph Curry is by far the best player on the planet. Um, he's one of the best offensive players uh, to, to play the game in a couple of decades. Uh, Steph Curry has been nothing short of amazing uh, for the last 16 months, um, and I think you need – I think you need a year plus under your belt before I can give you a crown of the best player in the world. Uh, but not only is he the best player in the world, his team absolutely tanks the second he gets off the court. Um, he had, the real plus minuses are off the chart. The advanced stats are off the chart. He's the leader of his team. Um, there's just nothing that he doesn't do, even when he's called to play defense, which isn't often. Um, but he still guards the opposing play team uh, Man, in, in clutch time, about as much as LeBron does these days uh, during the regular season. So uh, Steph Curry is definitely the best player in the NBA. Uh, I still have LeBron in my top three for sure, uh, but I think Steph Curry is um, by far the best player in the NBA. And you'll hear my brother probably flip-flop on this. Last year he was all over LeBron. He guaranteed that the Cavaliers put his entire reputation on the line, that the Cavaliers would win um, after game uh, four, I believe it was, said that if they don't win, that he doesn't know anything, put his entire reputation on the line, that Cavaliers would win, and they choked, and they did it. Last year, he, he still talks to this day about how James Harden, he hates Steph Curry, he still talks to this day about how James Harden was awarded the BET Award uh, by seven players, and Nobody showed up, and that somehow means he's a real MVP. This is stuff he actually says out of his mouth. He actually just follows the writers, and he'll say stuff just to put, think in his head he's right when it's really ridiculous. So um, he might have converted to Steph at this point, but if you actually fact-check what he says, he'll use absurd things like win shares, try to hide behind a couple of retweets, and a BET award to say stuff. All right, Ronnie, good. rebuttal? Could, could, could you repeat the question? Because there's so much nonsense that was spewed that I got distracted. <laughs> Still can't hear that. Is LeBron currently the best player in the league? And if not, who is? And where do you Thank rank you. LeBron? I also want to point out in the other question that he was trying to tell, give a distinction between best and impressive, and he used the word impressive interchangeably with best. But anyway, LeBron James isn't. I wanted to give Steph Curry or LeBron the benefit of the doubt because Steph Curry wasn't that great in the playoff or in the finals last year. But just seeing what they're doing, it's historic. I've never seen anything like it, and I've watched basketball since I was seven years old. And what Steph is doing is unprecedented. So, yeah, Steph has passed him. I like to be the guy that says, hey, let's wait. But we're, we're halfway through the season, and they are doing things I've never seen. They've got the cheat code. 
So I got to give it to Steph, not LeBron. Riding my way again and never ends. And you see it, word to Wallace. It's called a rebuttal. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> it's not first take. You know, that's not me. Hey, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm right a lot, my I, I, man. I, I, what? There's nothing what? wrong with riding my wave. I'm right a lot. I would ride it too. Gentlemen. All right. Well, since that... I see this going a little further than necessary, I have to bow out. But thank you all for your time. <laughs> thank you very you much, Jesse. I appreciate you. She's got to go to work, y'all. Let her fool right. you. She, not, she loves us. I appreciate you, Jeffy. All right. Have fun, guys. Thank you, Jesse. Bye. You're welcome. Bye, guys. Y'all hear you're welcome? That thing was sick. Y'all don't try to to steal my appreciate you shit either. That shit works. I also want to know, all the people listening, she wouldn't do this for any of y'all. And, you know, I beat Corey, but she wouldn't do this for anybody but the Carlton. That is true. Hey, hey, even when y'all say I win, just know y'all still not either one of us. Y'all ain't at that level. Regardless. Gentlemen, that concludes the question portion of the debate. You'll now have three minutes each for closing remarks. RC, you started, so you go first in this as well. Three minutes, closing remarks. I started in life, Chase. That's why I'm going first. And I'm going to be first tonight when all the votes are tallied because you saw. He tried as hard as he could. He brought all of that life skin and bravado. And he was wrong. He misspoke. He stuttered, he scratched, he clawed, but it wasn't enough. He was wrong about facts. He tried to contradict me and contradicted himself. He was so shook about the flashy part. You keep saying I'm flashy. You keep saying I'm flashy. That is the psychological effect that a big brother has on a little brother. I was in his head all night. My brother is spectacular. Did you see what he sounded like in my presence? God wants me to be first. That's why he made me first. Good night, IBS. Corey. (laughs) Well, I'll end with the truth. Uh, The truth is he tried to distort something that didn't happen. I told you all that the Lakers didn't win one without Kareem uh, with Magic. And they didn't. And he tried to distort that. Just like you all see when he gets emotional in in the threads, he tries to hold on to one little thing and go on and on and on about it. When it's not even accurate. We've all seen him trying to pull this stunt. He reaches and he claws for one little thing when he's losing, and he tries to flip what the actual point of the argument is and what the actual question is. He tries to go down this rabbit hole to draw your attention away from the fact that he's actually wrong. And it happens so often, and you guys see it on the daily, and now you get to hear it with me. The fact is, is that Everything he accused me of doing, this man came on the thing and tried to do himself. I came with facts. I talked about the topics, and I gave y'all the truth with everything. And this man came through, and he wanted to talk about another nickel smile for a minute and a half. And when I come, I, just, I, 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 I told y'all about the I told y'all about the Because you just can't reach it. And today, 
Today you might have got drone level high. You might have got drone level high. You might have got to a drone. But you never got to the sun. So, indeed, shut the bat signal down. Everyone in Gotham will get no sleep tonight because Batman is indeed dead. Thank you, fellas. I appreciate everything. I appreciate Standing ovation. Beautiful. I'm having right now. I missed My victory lap is done. Your three minutes is up. Chase, go to the judges. Look, call mama. Call mama. Call mama. Thank you both. We'll now go to the judges and let them begin their deliberation. On behalf of Jesse, R.C., Corey, and all of our judges, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Great Carlton Fantastic Network. Stay tuned to the live thread for the announcement of tonight's victor.